day 72. Through these days of counting, I've been trying to read a psalm each day. Psalm 72 is the last of the songs of David. The 150 psalms are made up of five books, and this marks the end of the second of these books. Tomorrow I will read on to read Psalms of Asaph. Yesterday I was thinking about Paul's handing on to Timothy. Today's psalm marks the transition from David to Solomon. Psalm 72 is attributed to Solomon, but ends with the line, This concludes the prayers of David, son of Jesse. It may be that Solomon wrote the psalm or finished a song his father had started, or that it was David's final work to and about Solomon. In any event, it marks an end, which always leads to a new beginning. At such watershed moments in a family or a community, the tendency is to look back for those who remain and to look forward for those who are facing departure. Appreciation of the qualities and thanksgiving for the legacy meet advice for the future on finance, relationships and responsibilities, all within a context of mutually expressed love and affection. Facing death brings into sharper focus what has been and should be of most importance in life. What's interesting about this psalm of transition is that it does not focus on David or Solomon, but looks to a greater king and a better kingdom. The king that is described is righteous and just. His rule pays particular attention to the afflicted and the children of the needy. His kingdom is marked by righteousness and prosperity for the people. The king endowed by God is the royal son. Curiously, this psalm is not one of those quoted in the New Testament, but looks forward to the Messiah who will bring good government and blessing. The prophet Isaiah looks forward to just such a government in verses often read at Christmas. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Today, I'm thankful that I live at a time in history where this promised king has come. I am grateful to have seen more of that better country than the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament were looking forward to. I am thankful that I can read this psalm knowing Jesus and to be able to join today with the chorus of the psalm echoing through history. 
May he endure as long as the sun, as long as the moon through all generations. May he be like rain falling on a mown field, like showers watering the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish and prosperity abound till the moon is no more. May he rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May his name endure forever. May it continue as long as the sun. Then all nations will be blessed through him, and they will call him blessed. Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvellous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and Amen. Waiting for the King would be one summary of both the Old and the New Testaments. It is a waiting that puts my own short-term waiting and frustration into perspective. The choral piece, Waiting for a King, by Williams and Martin, expresses this longing in terms of Advent. Waiting for a King, when will he come? Waiting for a King, God's Holy One. Will the world be ready? Is his advent near? Waiting for a king, when will he appear? Waiting for a king, when will he come? Waiting for a king, God's only son. Will the world receive him? Will he stand alone? Waiting for a king to come and take his throne. In the fullness of time, the Prince of Peace will come, the promised Messiah, God's chosen one. The Christmas story has the wise men asking a question of King Herod. Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. This question disturbs the rulers and the religious and leads to a slaughter of children. A baby being born in lowly circumstances is hardly the most auspicious start to a kingdom. Some 30 years later, when the same Jesus is crucified, once more the phrase, King of the Jews, is used. It is written as the charge above his head on the cross. The only crown this king has ever worn during his time on earth is the crown of thorns thrust on him in mockery. Yet in the manger and on the cross, this is a king, the king of kings, whose kingdom has been established and will come. Waiting for a king goes on to speak of eyes being opened, hope restored, and as light shines, rule being established. It ends with a couple of questions. Will we be ready when he comes to stay? Waiting for a king, will this be the day? Which raises another question. As we wait for the king, we meet a king who is waiting for us. How will he receive us 
and how do we receive him? Today I'm thankful that the good news of Jesus is reaching the ends of the earth and that in the face of injustice, oppression and affliction, we still have hope in a coming king and a better kingdom. And from this day until that day, we pray with countless others around the globe on the Lord's Day using his prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.